Welcome to this special episode of Monstrous Flesh, a podcast that explores the role of women in horror. I'm Meg, one of your podcast hosts. Hello, I'm Clelia, the other host of the podcast. And on this episode, we're joined by the incredible writer and director Carlotta Pereira, and we are so excited, it goes without saying. Carlotta began her career writing for television before completing her first short film, Las Rubias. Her short film, Cerdita, won the Forqué Award and the Goya Award for Best Short Film. Carlotta adapted Sedita into her first film, Piggy, which was released in 2022. And Carlotta's latest film, La Amita, was released in 2023 and has already been nominated at the 38th Goya Awards, which is very exciting. So thank you so much for joining us today, Carlotta. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Oh, thank you for taking the time. It's so exciting. Um, So I met Carlotta at Cellular Screams uh, last year when we did a, a masterclass and it was just so exciting to to talk to you and to meet you and, you know, hear about your process. And Carlotta very generously agreed to come on the podcast. So we're so excited. I'm so grateful for it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and uh, as, I, as I said, when we met last time, Carlotta, Piggy was my standout film from the festival circuit in 2022. So getting to speak to you were like... Oh, I was so excited. So it's um it's really brilliant to have you on the podcast. Um and we thought before we got into the film that you'd chosen that we'd just have a bit of a a chat generally about your career to date. Um so do you want to kick us off, Clelia? Yes. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's absolutely brilliant, as Meg already said. I mean, and um, Piggy is a film that uh, Meg and I have been talking about a lot. So really excited that uh, that you can join us today. But, um, yeah, just wondering if for, for listeners, really, if you can you know, tell us a little bit about your career, how you got started in filmmaking, your journey leading to writing and directing, Sadita, would be amazing. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, actually, um I guess my story is the same as everybody. I just love film. <laughs> I love film. I love, I love uh, reading and I love writing as well. So uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do at first. I thought I was, I didn't know if I wanted to be a screenwriter or if I wanted to be a, a filmmaker. To be fair, in Spain, there were not many um, women directors at all. <laughs> there were more writers, you know, fiction writers, novelists and stuff. So I didn't know which path to take. And, um, I always liked, I love genre, you know, in Spain, we used to have something here when we were growing up uh, that it was, uh, they put these programs in the morning, like they, they thought that anything that has to do with horror or fantasy was for kids. <laughs> so you wake up in the, in the morning on Saturday and your, uh, your parents would just uh, leave you next to the television, you know, 
And uh, there was only two networks, so you could not choose. There was either one or two. And in the other one, they had uh, the morning mask, so you wouldn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) So you basically spent hours watching uh, horror movies. (laughs) Sounds amazing. (laughs) Sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Sounds ideal. Exactly. So we come from a generation like Paco Plata. We're almost more or less the same age. I'm a bit, uh, I think I'm a bit younger than Paco Plata and Balaguerro. But we used to watch that. <laughs> there was normal television, normal kids' television for us. And then also we have an artist, Ibanez Serrador, which is the director of Who Can Kill, Kill a Child. He also had a program in television that were horror stories. First were um, adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe and then his original material. So basically that's something that was very much uh, in the what we used to watch here in Spain. And I also always loved reading. Uh, I, was, I used to be afraid of the dark. But after I read Dracula, I was no longer afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so I always loved horror. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to become a... a, a um, I come from a very conventional family. A very. Uh, they always wanted me to be a lawyer, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know how to become a, um, a director. And, but they opened a, a film school in Spain, in Madrid. And all, they only let eight people in each year. Okay. Uh, so I applied and I got in. And after that, uh, I um, I started working in television because um, I got a gig uh, while I was in, in film school. I got a gig in, a, in the most important television show in Spain. And going to the film school was expensive. <laughs> and you got paid for working in television. Mm-hmm. So it was really a, a no-brainer. <laughs> I didn't have the money to... <laughs> To do the, the film school, you know, I was working in a karaoke at nights just to pay for the film school. <laughs> <laughs> and I could work in something that I loved uh, in television. So I started working in TV until I realized that uh, I was doing something that I love, but I was not doing why I started doing film. So I started mm-hmm. really wanting to be a filmmaker and I needed to find my own voice. So that's why I did my first short, The Blondes which is based on a true story um, about a gang of blondes who kidnap other blondes because they realize all post blondes look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which is exactly what you shouldn't do in a first shot because they say, no, the first shot should be something like two people in a room, um, you know, talking about something. And then it was 18 locations in 18 different places of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, and, and a car chase. <laughs> <laughs> so, and after that, I realized there were some people that had the same, they like they liked the, um, the short a lot, they travel a lot in the United States and also in France and in the, also in the UK. And uh, I realized that there's some people that had the same sense of humor that I had <laughs> and there may be an audience for me. So I started working on a, on a project for a film uh, on a re- based on the on the bronze, but uh, I got the idea for Piggy the short, and I had to do that first. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you sometimes you fall in love with stories, and that happened with me. Mm-hmm. So I I did uh, I I did Piggy first, and Piggy did really well. And I also had to tell her story. I realized there were so many more about Sarah that was just um, that what was in in the short. So I started developing the, the the feature. It was not my original idea to make a feature of Piggy, but uh, it kind of went after that. After I started shooting the 
the the short film that I realized that uh, that I liked this character so much and I wanted to know more about her. But my first idea was not to make a feature. Wow, that's amazing! I was just I, I was <laughs> going to ask about this actually if that was if you had already planned the feature when you when you wrote the short film. That's incredible that you got no. yourself immersed in that in that character story and decided to develop it. Yeah, actually, with the blondes, I did have the idea to make a feature, but it was too expensive, so I said I had to make a short film. <laughs> And uh, and, um, and yeah, so I met my friend, my producer for Modena Films, and uh, she told me that. Well, I thought she was good. She just because she was a friend of a friend who, and she had seen my short films. Epi had not won the Goya Award yet. Yet, it it hadn't been released in a few uh, festivals. But uh, she met a friend of mine, and my friend showed her my shorts. Um, she she met me for a drink, and I thought she was meeting me for a drink because she was in Madrid and she didn't have anyone to hang out. So we met for a drink, and she said, "Well, no, I'm not here for a drink. I'm here because I want to do whatever you want to do in film." <laughs> and I said, "Wow, okay, fantastic!" So, <laughs> so I had this, and I told her that I had uh, the idea to make PD into uh, a feature, and she said, "Yes, let's do that." <laughs> but I think what's so inspiring about your sort of journey is is obviously all your hard work that you've really you know you've really worked you've not come from that sort of background you've you know sort of carved your own path but the way I think what's so interesting is the way that you can see how much things have just sort of aligned and so much about filmmaking is like fate into it. it's meeting right people at right time it's submitting mm-hmm. to right festivals and obviously I mean Piggy's fantastic and I'm sure it would have done well whenever you released it and whatever festival it went to. But it's just mm-hmm. interesting to hear about how the all these things have sort of aligned to make to make a success. Um, I mean, talking about Piggy, because obviously me and Clelia are like super fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I were really interested, um, and I know we talked a little bit about this at the the masterclass about the role of sort of social class and class tensions in your work. And I think that particularly comes through in Piggy. Um, you mm-hmm. know, she's very much outcast because of um, prejudice around sort of body, the body and its and its limits and things, but also because she she works in a butcher shop, a family at butchers, and it's very seen as everybody sort of looks down on her because of that. And I wondered, is that a theme that, that is sort of runs throughout your work or was that just something that felt right for Piggy? Well, I think uh, I think it's something that it runs everything. <laughs> everything I do is also one of the main, main themes in the Blondes I and mean, in everything I've done, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, uh, you know, when you see movies that the, uh, the scene that there's, uh, most of the movies are either about the, the working class from the perspective of the high, of the higher classes <laughs> mm. or, or about the, uh, Money. This is these movies, and you see maybe these writers, and you see these writers, and they see the they live in these amazing houses, and say, I mean, this guy works for a for a, for a, a, a small magazine, and you see he's working just one day a week. How can he can afford this? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. apartment. For me, it takes me out of of the movie. If you don't see the the socioeconomical context, because I think that's what makes us who we are as well. Mm. I mean, you cannot take the your your where you come from, from the who you are. Mm. It's not in every aspect of your life, but it's basically in, in the socioeconomic aspect. I think it's one of the things that really is the most important thing of, 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 of 
what makes us who we are. Yeah, I agree, because as everybody knows who's ever listened to more than one episode of this podcast, I will jam social class <laughs> in somewhere. Always get yeah. on your soapbox, get soapbox on my which soapbox. we love. And I can, yeah, <laughs> which is amazing. I love this, um, you know, where you mentioned about, you know, the point of view of, you know, when, you know, when working class is addressed or, you know, or lower classes are addressed in, in film, that it's always, you know, it's very often from a point of view of, you know, either from classes above or judging or that, you know, that idea of exploitation, really. And I, I read in, in an interview that um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, was um, an influence on the film, which when I read, when I heard, I was like, oh, you know, yes, it's kind of like, you know, the the heat kind of like, you know, hits you in the face in the same, in, in the same way in, in both those films. But in terms of this, um, you know, this ex- uh, exploration of, um, of class and characters, it's, amazing that you you know you, that you've managed to take this as an influence but really turn it in a way that um you know that is um is very ground level you know it's from the the, the the perspective of that character and and you know and we never leave that point of view which i find so mm. fascinating so yeah i was just wondering in terms of you know in, in terms of influences really what um you know what else did you bring to 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 that film or what did you look at and, and thought you know i'm gonna you know i, I know i love bits of this and bits of that but i'm gonna, I'm gonna make it my own yeah, I think I mean uh, Toby Hopper is a uh, Toby Hooper. Sorry, <laughs> I say the Spanish way. Yeah, is uh, is uh, he's a massive influence. I think the way he uh, combines tones uh, as well, you know, this drama, this comedy, but also the way he addresses class. Mm-hmm. You can tell that he's not from a from a from a wealthy. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. he comes. In, he knows Texas, and he knows the people he's talking about. And the way he talks about that without making it the major theme, but actually you can see that this killer comes because all that things happen socioeconomically. That the the socioeconomical background is the thing that make this character, this this assess, this uh, family of assassins. You know, without that, they wouldn't be murderers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. I absolutely love that. And um, he's an, uh, an influence, but also I would say in, from a I never talked about this, but I think uh, uh, an influence is social. I, I used to read a lot of American writers, especially women writers. Mm-hmm. When they tell me that, um, do I have female influences? Uh, I would say that most of my influences were not characters because they were not, <laughs> not that many. I mean, I didn't know that the Pet Cemetery was directed by a woman until later on. I, I went to film school and I didn't know who uh, Claire Denis was until mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know uh, Agnes Varda. I didn't know them. They, did what they didn't introduce us to them. And you have to be introduced to those people because they're not mainstream. Yeah. You know? And uh, But I didn't know Carson McCullers. <laughs> and I didn't know uh, uh, Flannery O'Connor. And also, I, I also knew, uh, knew Shirley Jackson. Mm-hmm. And those people, those women were really huge influences on on those characters and the way to address the loneliness of the women and talking about women that we really know mm-hmm. and how that loneliness can really eat you alive, you know, mm-hmm. and can really pry on your bad instincts in a sense, but that mm-hmm. makes you human, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I think those those women really were a huge influence on, on constructing the, the character of Sarah. And all cinematically, I'd say that as well, I didn't like a lot Eden Lake, <laughs> you know, there was a, a I like that movie and the way you say, and also Deliverance, the first part of Deliverance, mm-hmm. uh, this sense of this uh, class struggle and how the, also the, but in the, in the movie is like the, the, you can see from the perspective of the upper high class that they're scared of the, of the, mm-hmm. you know, of the rednecks, but mm-hmm. I wanted a bit of that as well, because the audience is going to 
be that people. <laughs> you know, they're going to judge uh, Sarah in the beginning. So they're going to be that people. They're going to judge her. Judge her. And um, and also, I'd say, um, uh, Uncle Nudulak, which is a movie that's called Stranger of the Lake, mm. which is a, it's a French movie about... Um, uh, it's a it's a cruising ground for gay men, and there's this re- there starts to be murders, and there's this killer who's this guy who could be the killer, but he's so sexy, and you don't mind him killing you <laughs> just to get. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there was a huge influence for the short, actually, for the the sound design and the short. I always and also who can kill a child uh, is the first movie. Uh, you know, in Spain there were not that many movies in the. Um, horror movies because we came from a dictatorship mm-hmm. so the first uh, movies uh, horror movies were from the 60s and more, most of them after when the you know Franco was getting sick and when when he died uh, more movies appear of course but still it was a very catholic restrictive society and the first thing that came was exploitative sex because they all come uh, now they were um you could um you could sew sex on screen. You could sew um, women's breasts. So basically, most horror movies were sometimes an excuse to show yeah. <laughs> uh, women's bodies. And and this movie um, is really he really focuses on on creating a, an atmosphere, on creating uh, you know the sense of dread. And, and the, also the other movies, the the other horror movies, most of them were set to be outside of Spain. You know. Like maybe as a way also because to make the audience all oh, these things happen, but it's, it's okay. Here we are still Catholic, so mm-hmm. you get all horror movies, but they're set. They're filmed in Galicia or in Madrid, but they're set in U- the UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they have these people with some of these names. Or but here uh, it was the first time that is set in Spain, and you could see things you could clearly recognize. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if for 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 people from the UK that you are accustomed to see horror stories set in your country, you don't see realize how groundbreaking breaking is to see a horror movie that is set in things you know and you recognize, and suddenly these things could happen to you, mm-hmm. you know, in plain daylight. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore that of that movie. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's so interesting and to to hear about that context and I and I think what I really appreciate about piggy is sarah and and that i i mean i love shirley jackson as well and that loneliness and what it drives you to <laughs> and that the depth of that character because we you know we've talked about it we did a a, a summer slasher miniseries and we looked at, watched a mm-hmm. lot of 80s slashers and we're very much like these women are very underdeveloped <laughs> as characters yeah. Yeah, so much like you know like you said when uh, you first started to get horror movies in spain it were a lot of it were a vehicle for showing naked women which is you know sort of the slasher cycle in the 80s and i think what you've done in in piggy is to totally turn that on its on its head and be like look at this woman oh she's not here just to you know get her clothes ripped off and be stabbed to death you know she's a, mm-hmm. a complex relatable person and her pain is so visceral and relatable i think for most women have gone through particularly when you're younger that feeling of alienation and she's in this small mm-hmm. town and nobody gets her and then mm-hmm. the person who does get her is perhaps <laughs> not the person you would want but then the complexity of that dynamic between sarah and this you know this murderer 
is oh spoilers by the way (laughs) (laughs) said um but the complexity of that relationship i think is so um is so interesting and i wonder have you has anyone ever had um a negative reaction to that has anyone ever said anything about you know, because I can imagine for some people it might have made them feel a bit uncomfortable. Like, oh, am I supposed to root for him? I know I was, I was sort of rooting for him. I was like, oh, maybe they'll end up together. And I had to keep going, no, no. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that the, the, the people, uh, most people want them to be together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, some people get uncomfortable by the fact, one of the things that happened to me uh, when I travel with a movie is that... Uh, it's not that often, but I would say it's, it's it's happened a couple of times when I was in the very, in the you know when sometimes you see these really small towns when most of the audience is men, mm. older men, because it's the guys who, who go to the cinema or to go to the cine clubs, mm. and um, I realized that they get really, really, really pissed off by the masturbation scene. Mm. Well, they told me locally this movie is oh my god yeah this is so outrageous because. You know, it's fine. I play. I try to play that with a with a film as well. It's fine when Sarah is a victim. Mm. You know, when she's a victim, they come and relate to her or pull her. You know, mm. but when she's a complex w- uh, woman, who is not only desired because I think they can see themselves desiring her, but they cannot think that she's the one who desires, mm. and that really pieces them off. Mm. I mean, and that's happened where they get really outrageous on the, the conversation in the in the Q and A goes about that. And I thought, you know, things have not changed that much. No, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it says yeah. a lot. How like people want to, you know, put a character in a, you know, they either understand it because they can put it in a category or in a box. But as soon as, as you said, if she's the the one who decides, or you know, her own fate, it's like, oh no, hang on, she's supposed to, you know, go along with it, but actually not be complicit in it, and it's just crazy really yeah yeah and that idea about sex but sex from a woman's perspective mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. say sarah's desire it's not desire being enacted upon her it's her own yeah. agency and how that is mm-hmm. and that is still so shocking to people but i'm glad i'm glad you're freaking out old men that's what we should be doing <laughs> Yeah, that's what you want. It's like, I was yeah. so happy. I mean, I remember the people who drove me to the Q and A's because people walked out. <laughs> and man, yeah, yeah, like, very angry. And then people say, "I'm so sorry." I said, "No, no, <laughs> perfect, exactly. This is the desired effect." <laughs> You're not my audience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. With them out. I did find really interesting what you mentioned about the, what this idea of the geography of fear, basically, of you know, of um, um, who can kill a child being, you know, that you know, the first film using that. Um, uh, you know the landscape as um or you know that, that that setting really as horror and i guess in the uk is very different because you know it's i feel like a lot of films and actually as you said films that are shot abroad but you know still set in the set in the uk and you know to the point where actually it doesn't um you know it doesn't feel you know it still doesn't feel real it's like there isn't that that sense of that really sense of that Sorry, that real sense of threat that you get from you yeah. know, from so yeah, that's that's a really interesting concept and one that I hadn't really you know thought about before. So yeah, it's amazing to be able to trace that back <laughs> to pinpoint it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it used to happen in in literature. We used to have Beckett. Beckett. Beckett used to uh, it's a Spanish uh, author, 
uh, Becker used to write the stories about that they were always set in the 19th century. You know, for people in the 19th century, they were scary, <laughs> but not for us anymore. You know, but after that, it disappeared. I mean, Spain disappeared from the from being as a, as a set for for horror, mm-hmm. and still today. You can see some some of the movies that are not all of them, of course. You have Rake by uh, Paco Plaza or Veronica, mm-hmm. and so many other movies. But some other movies, they when they do um, horror in Spain, you see them as a Spanish people uh, woman, and you see this looks like the U.S. I mean, these people have nothing to do with the Spanish people mm-hmm. because you get the thing. Oh, it has to be everything has to look like it was set in the U.S. Okay. And for me, that's something that I, I may enjoy it. But uh, I don't love it as much. <laughs> yeah, don't relate as much. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's I, 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 sorry, there's something I love as, as well about the Korean movies, because mm-hmm. Korean movies, you can see they're pretty much there. I mean, you see The Wailing, which is an amazing movie. I mean, it's one of my favorite movies of the past decade. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and Memories of Murder as well. Uh, but this is, those are movies that are fantastic, and they're so... So so political as well, and mm-hmm. so tonally um, uh, rich and so local mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, I'm a big uh, folk horror fan, and part mm-hmm. of the reason I like folk horror is because it's that specific place and time, and you know that's where that fear lives, isn't it? And even in more modern folk horrors like Candyman, even though it's modern, mm-hmm. it's contemporary. The 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 location is still central to the story um yeah and i and it's i'd not even um realized until you know you you've sort of talked about it that spain has got, not got that history of films and particularly horror set in spain so it's really exciting that that's starting you know in your work that that's starting to come out because yeah it must mm-hmm. feel really strange to be watching these films and thinking but that's not spain that's not what I know Mm -hmm. and it does take you out of it a bit because you can't it's not as frightening if it's not in your own backyard is it it's like oh well that could be anywhere yeah it's it's telling you it's fiction from the from the get-go so now we've had this fabulous discussion Carlotta, would you like to tell us what film you've picked and give us a synopsis? Uh, the story is, uh, well, the movie is called Who Can Kill a Child? It's by an artista Ibanez Serrador, who is known by Chicho here in Spain. Uh, and, uh, well, he's co- actually, he's not from Spain. He's uh, Uruguayo, but he came to, to live in to Spain and he works mostly here. And the thing is that this movie is about uh, this couple of... Uh, British tourists who come to Spain to spend some time together away from the kids. Uh, the woman is pregnant and they still have problems. They didn't know they wanted to have the child or not. And they decide to escape in the sun of Spain. And, but we, they find um, this uh, very um, faraway island uh, that is just uh, populated with kids and something odd is going on there. And who can kill a child is something that happens and there are a menace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a brilliant synopsis. I think that yeah, really... Yeah, and 
a menace is the least you can say about those kids, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you, you picked it. I mean, if there was a, um, a good film to watch at the start of the year to snap you out of the Christmas spirit, that's definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And also as a woman who doesn't have, you know, children and feels quite, you know, ambiguous about it, then that was like, yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I know you've talked a little bit about this film already and its influence on you, but what made you pick it for today? Because it's a movie that not many people know outside of the US. I mean, you you go to film festivals and some directors may know it, but most people don't know this movie. And uh, I think it's a brilliant movie. I think it's, it's so well directed. It's so well written by himself as well. But he uses uh, another name because you still have the thread of a censorship. So in case, oh, someone else. Where's the Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I love the way it's set. I love that it's set in Spain. I love that it's, uh, the, the, it also has this thing that he wanted to make a, uh, appealing to an international audience by having the leading, uh, um, you know, he has this mind to, oh, I'm going to have this, the, the leading, um, the protagonists are going to be British so I can sell it abroad, <laughs> which is something like very exploitative, but I like that. <laughs> and, and, and also the, we have this idea that we could not be protagonists of our own stories, you know, so it had to be um, uh, someone from outside, you know, the Spanish people could not be the leading um uh, the leaders of a of a of a serious horror. <laughs> His first movie is also set outside of Spain. You know, his first movie is called um, The House That Scream, and it's set outside of Spain. So it says a lot about Spain. It says a lot about horror in Spain. The way it was shot, the way it was, you see that you had to be someone from outside. So because they had to be the protagonist, because the Spanish people could not be the protagonist. Still, we had not the the we could we couldn't see ourselves as um, you know, heroes of a story. Um, and also because it also says a lot about, um, you know, Spain in plain daylight and, 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 uh, the way the, the, um, the way horror is seen like something that, uh, you know, that, uh, it's, it's horror as a, as a, as a very thematical story. And I think sometimes he maybe it's a bit too much, you know, like with the intro, like he has mm. to has this disclaimer. It's like eight minutes of this. Mm. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, it's it's a, I love it because it's not perfect, but you can see the mind behind the, the the story trying to make this and also make make it palatable to a post Frankist society. Well, you're going to see people killing kids. <laughs> yeah, it's preparing you, preparing the terrain for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're preparing like, okay, maybe, you know. <laughs> so they, say, they could kind of say it's like a bit of a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie, in a sense. And I love all those, those um, how those things uh, are done with a, such a good taste. You know, the way the first, you see the first time he kills a kid, it's fantastically short. Um and there are so many things in this movie as well. The way the, the way he moves the camera is almost like Alfred Hitchcock. He used to uh, direct the horror stories for TV, and he used to do it in the style of uh, Hitchcock stories. Mm. You know, the um, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Mm. It was the and he was very much influenced by that. And I love the way he he creates tension just with the camera, just with the with the, in plain daylight. I mean, you you have to think that this movie is just one year after uh, Jaws. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, done, um, it's one year after Joss, but in Spain, Joss was released way later than that. Oh. 
So it's almost at the same time. Uh, I can see the music has been inspired. I'm, I'm sure he heard this music because there's some moments like, rah, 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 rah. Yeah. okay. <laughs> but I love it. Uh, and it's also one of the first times that you can see child's tunes like is after the uh but rosemary's baby and there's not Mm -hmm. that many times that that's been used um but but i just love the way it's taught i mean just for the the idea when you know what the 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 woman comes up out of the out of the the hut uh and she sees the woman who has these kids the kids are all right and she just slaps the kids (laughs) (laughs) come on get out of here get out of here and she comes out and you can see and the, the camera um the dolly comes down and you can see that the kids from the village are coming behind yeah. her mm, such a fantastic shot and the way you see at the end well, this is a spoilers of course at the end and she's been killed by the kid inside oh and yeah. the husband the husband she's to, to really just take the kid out of her and he doesn't do that he's tra- he tries to stop her <laughs> i mean i had the bits that you've picked out were exactly the bits that that mm-hmm. i'd picked out as well i thought that shot when um, when you see the cliff and all kids are just coming down, and and it's, I think it's such an interesting idea. This idea that you know children will become murderous, and what would we do? Um, mm-hmm. And that thread running through about violence, about you know, yeah, the montage at the start is very. It goes on quite for quite a long <laughs> for quite a long <laughs> yeah. time, but you know, really does emphasize that point about who can kill a child well everybody can <laughs> because this is what happens when there's you know um unrest yeah. <laughs> and the people who suffer are children but that mm-hmm. seems like such a far away concept until mm-hmm. you know so i thought that setup were really interesting although i did have to keep sort of looking away a bit i was like oh right. yeah you know that that like in the united states they cut the first eight minutes mm. In an American release, it, it, the first eight minutes they are out of the movie, mm-hmm. of course, because most of it is images from the Vietnam War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's so interesting, isn't it? I mean, so much of what you've talked about already has been about, you know, the the way that horror is made and received in the place that it's created, but also abroad. And I think so much of that, because that is a very clear criticism, particularly of America, mm-hmm. in terms of how mm-hmm. um, children suffer under you know mm-hmm. when war takes place um and to cut that to sanitize it i mean you see that so much that films they do get sanitized don't they particularly horror um mm-hmm. and there's a real cowardice in that i always think that you can't mm-hmm. face you know this is the truth so he's making this film that's a horror film and you're like oh well kids would never do that but you know you can't take the reality which is mm-hmm. you know it's it's really interesting yeah, sorry, I'm not mm-hmm. getting on my soapbox again. Political no, soapbox. No. <laughs> Please do. No, it's quite that's that's one. But yeah, I mean, just just to echo what you what you both said, really about the um, you know, the, the, this opening sequence, which is you know keeps making you look away, but at the same time you're about to watch a film, you know, titled mm-hmm. "Who Can Kill a Child," and you know, you know, the the violence that this this implies. Mm-hmm. And I did find it fascinating that you know most of you know most of it takes place in daylight. There's you know, but most of the violence is also implied. There isn't actually a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of gore in the film. And and, and it is that opening sequence that really makes you shy away because it is, you know, reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although we caught, we're more than happy to, you know, put ourselves in front of those, you know, those fictional 
you know, um, scenarios. It's, uh, you know, he makes such a poignant um, uh, statement, right, you know, right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And I think, so, you know, some people could be like, oh, is it, um, you know, is it uh, um, not apologist, but, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's like to put that at the start to be kind of like, well, you know, so that, so that we set the scene for, you know, for what is, what is happening next. But it's also, you know, reflection on, you know, on, you know, what, what do we do to the, you know, to the, to those generations and, you know, how do we expect mm-hmm. violence to not become a commodity that's going to, you know, transfer between, you know, for, to, to those generation, mm-hmm. like something that mm-hmm. is, you know, so casual, basically. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love as well, the beginning, you see the, the village party and the, the kids are playing the piñata with mm-hmm. the violence in the piñata. And then you go to the village. Oh God! Yeah. I, oh, oh, that's, oh my God! That's yeah. Just yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That were absolutely one of my notes. I love the piñata scene because it was it was such a good way to contrast that mm-hmm. violence with that earlier. You know, when you saw them all um, swarming over all sweets, and yeah. I thought, oh, that feels Sweet. like an omen. That feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then later and with on, the same giggles and you yeah. know the same joy, you know, in both scenes, it's kind of like you know that that uh, that you know utter you know childish joy that's replicated a bit is just so disturbing. Yeah, yeah. And using a scythe instead of a stick. I mean, it is quite. I would say if people um, haven't seen it, although obviously watch it before you listen to this because <laughs> we've ruined the film. <laughs> we'll but, have to be a spoiler alert on yeah. the start. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is um quite slow burn at first yeah. in terms of you know we see them and oh it's so crowded oh we don't want to be here we want space and we're going to go to this remote place and everything and and then they get there and it's all i mean these people are the classic brits abroad because they've got no <laughs> social awareness at all no no idea like oh everywhere's empty everywhere's deserted oh they're all probably just having a you know they're having a fiesta on other side island oh that makes sense yeah that's fine um yeah but but the way that that sort of that menace and that dread builds and then the first sort of i mean the first uh violence really is a little girl attacking an old man with his own walking stick (laughs) which when it comes it's because it's It's shocking it's shocking because it's been building so so gradually this this idea that the summit not you know summit's not right um and then when you see that but that's quite cathartic in a way because you're waiting aren't you you're like come on what's happening something is happening yeah Yeah. and it it does deliver yeah it does deliver (laughs) but that and the real shock actually of that scene is when you know when you know then when he confronts her and she's just giggling at him like you know it's just i find that you know the real disturbing part of it because you don't actually you know obviously it's implied again you know that she's beating the old man with his with his walking stick but it's just her response is just so out of this world you know so like so what it's just it's just a game yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and also the, the, the title is so great because mm. it's like uh, because it says who can kill a child so you know you, you're gonna have to kill them mm. so you know the first time you see a child you know they're a threat mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it does set that up really well and i i think it's i mean i find children creepy at best of times so I have to say, my alarm bells would have started ringing as soon as there were just all them kids hanging round. When I pulled up in boat, I'd have turned round, I'd have been gone. So I would have survived this film. <laughs> it's so interesting that um, so many people, as you said, as you said, rightly said, um, uh, said so. Sorry, that outside of Spain, it's not a you know, it's a film that I, I mean, I'd heard of the director and I'd seen um, his um, 
his other feature, The House That Screamed, sorry, but never never came across this one, which is, I mean, I'm so glad I've, I've seen it. And, you know, mm-hmm. when you think you know, it's, it's a film like Children of the Corn is mm-hmm. so popular, with, but it, which is so pale in comparison, you know, yeah, yeah. To, to this, it just makes you feel like, you, you know, this deserves to be... Yeah, this, this one is uh, 16 years earlier mm-hmm. than this one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie is, well, yes, this movie is just because it was made in Spain. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. why it didn't travel that much internationally. Because Mad. they felt, for some people, it was too shocking still. Mm-hmm. I mean, that we, you see people, kids being killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you see, you, you see the, the, the scene of, uh, you know, just coming from a Catholic uh, dictatorship in Spain. Uh, there's this moment when he entered the church mm. and you see the, the kids taking communion and you see that they, that they have killed a woman yeah. and the woman is on the floor and she's naked mm. in a church. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so this, that was a bit too much for many people at that time. <laughs> yeah, because I do think there is, it's such a, it's so perverse in it. Like the film yes. is very perverse because, you know, yeah. you've got these children, like you said, clearly, they're doing these really violent, brutal things, but they're still laughing like they're just playing a game. It's just like yeah. they're really unaffected by it. And then, yeah, to see that scene in church and, and even that, like they're pulling this woman's clothes off and they're giggling like it's a game and it's so perverse. And you're just like, oh, you little yes. perverts, what are you doing? You know, but that that yeah. it's the way I think what's so interesting about it is the way that it takes that childlike innocence and they're yeah. still innocent, but the murderers yeah. to them, yeah. they're not, it's, it's all just like this game. And it's, it's so interesting to see that. Um, and yeah, that scene in the church, I did think, wow, that's, that's really, um, for the time it were made and where it were made, really sort of taboo. That would have been really shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. yeah and, and also the ending is so perverse as well. Mm. <laughs> like, God, definitely. He's yeah. dumb, he's dumb, he's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I would really, because me and Clelia, were, I watched it last night and Clelia had watched it a bit before me. And so I was texting Clelia, like, what is happening? And then when it, when they were all like chasing him and Clelia said, who can kill a child? Me. And I was like, me, give me a flamethrower. I'll kill all these kids i don't care but there is that real moral um conundrum for him because it's like the children the children and think well yeah but kill or be killed at this point because no absolutely yeah. there's that great scene when the uh, the you know the child is like pointing a gun at her and you know he, he, you know he catches it at the you know at the last moment and he ends up you know shooting the kid and and you know she's so you know, shell shocked, yeah. you know, by it. You know, obviously, as you know, as as you would be, but you know, the, you know, again, that that title works so well because it is, you know, it, it is a slow burner, as you said, the film, but it's also, you know, the, the violence in from the part of the adults only happens at the point where they just really don't have any choice anymore. You know, so yeah, really. So the thing is, when I, when I saw this movie when I was very young. And so there's a difference when I see, and I've seen it uh, afterwards because it kind of, you, there was no way you could see it because there were no DVDs or anything. So I saw it, uh, I don't remember what I saw, but I think I saw it with my, my, with my cousins in a, in a VHS. And, um, and I was the kid, you know, and you had to root for them, come on, they're destroying the world. <laughs> These fucking adults, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 now uh, I see it, and I see from my perspective, in a sense, like okay, maybe we should just die, you know, <laughs> leave the kids <laughs> or or fucking assholes kill them. <laughs> These tiny bastards, you know, in a sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, uh, so you see from the perspective, and one of the times I, uh, I, uh, when I saw it uh, again, I've seen it before, uh, I think in a DVD or something as well, but I saw it on the big screen. Uh, in a in a festival here in Spain, um, in a, in a, because they were playing the tribute to to Tichuani Salvador, and it was amazing. And I saw it with my with my wife, and she was watching the movie. She's from the UK, and she said, "This is a masterpiece. Well, haven't I seen it before?" Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. And it's watching it in the big screen. It's just an amazing experience. We had to convince the people from uh, for sort of speech. Yeah, yeah, because it is. I mean, it's so. I mean, just to see that island is so beautiful, mm-hmm. and it looks so mm-hmm. idyllic, you know. And there's the sea and all beautiful built. You know, it's this really lovely looking mm-hmm. place with so much horror. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I think on a big screen that would look fantastic. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. the scenes, um, you know, because there's obviously, you know, feels the film pays homage to Alfred Hitchcock's The Bird. Mm. You know, yeah, there's that, that, that scene where they, you know, they walk, you know, towards the boat and, you know, the, the children are just sitting there, you know, <laughs> yes. sitting pretty like birds. And it's just, yeah, to see yeah. it on the big screen would be, yeah, really like, I mean, you couldn't, you know, you'd have to hold your breath. I just think it's, yeah, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. Sense it, of um, tension is amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what I think is really interesting about it is that the dynamic between um, the couple. I never remember anyone's names, Carlotta. This is my fatal flaw. <laughs> Apart from Sarah's. Tom and Evelyn. Tom, Tom and, and Evelyn. Evelyn. Um, but, but it's, I think, the fact that um, before they go to Ireland, they're sitting in that room and all rockets are going off outside and they're like, oh, we need peace, we need somewhere quiet. But they're talking about this baby. And she says, Evelyn says to Tom, well, you wanted to kill him. And I thought, what a strange, like, what a strange mm-hmm. way to talk to your husband about. And he, and he's very much justifying it, like, we've got two already, you know. But there's obviously been that conflict about are we going mm-hmm. to have another baby? And so then, yeah. when you see then when he does shoot this, you know, four year old who is holding a, a gun quite adeptly, I would say. I mean, that kid <laughs> were a threat, and, you know. Yeah. But you know, there's the horror. She's so traumatized, but you, you can feel, or at least I did anyway. Underneath, she's like looking at him like I always knew you could, you were capable, mm-hmm. you know, of doing this. It says a lot that uh, is the man who's taking the gun and yeah. killing them, you know, like uh, okay, bah, 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 bah. yeah, yeah. And I, the, the thing about that scene in in the in the um, in the uh, when they're talking about the kid is like uh, because I, I I watched this movie before I met, uh, I did D, and I um and she goes to bed and there's the firecrackers in the background and it it sounds like it's the war going on. Mm-hmm. Outside, yeah. yeah. So there's so many, so many different layers that it's just it's a very good movie for stoners, I think, because they'll see all the different details. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, interesting that it is the man who, who is, uh, and then after that, I mean, he does go to town. Really, I mean, he's not shy then. <laughs> that no, no, yeah. you know. Pass me that rifle, and we'll be fine. Yeah, and also you see some of the things that happen is because of his that he makes mistakes. He should have said the first moment. Okay, I think something's gone wrong. It's gonna happen in this island. Mm. And if he had confided in his wife, they would have get out of there. Yeah, but he keeps quiet. <laughs> yeah, because that's something that you see in so many horror films: is women go, "Hold on, 
no <laughs> but they're not <laughs> believed and so much of that film is him just saying to her everything's fine everything's fine even when she's yeah. like what did that girl do to that old man and he's like nothing yeah. they were playing she's like she eats <laughs> yeah. a steak what do you mean <laughs> but he treats <laughs> he treats her like a child even he treats yeah, she, he, he very much infantilizes her and then when they've got to to go She's like, I can't, I can't run. I don't know what, and because he, he can't, he's still not said to her. There's a band of children on this island that are going to murder us if we don't leave. Yeah, and that's what, she, she's heavily pregnant. Yeah. I say so, but she, she literally can't. Yeah, she's trying to run. She's like, I can't, I can't. Um, yeah, it, it, it really hurts when she falls on her on oh, her yeah. uh, belly. Yeah. <laughs> It is shocking. Yeah. I do think there are moments in it like that when she falls and she just falls straight flat on her stomach and you're like, oh, no. You know, you, you feel it's it's very, um, I think, very impressive for when it were made and the sort mm-hmm. of conditions yeah. in which it were made that it is so unflinching. I think there's yeah. scenes in it that even today people would be shocked by, you know, like if yeah. it were a film made yeah. today. Um Particularly, I think at the end when he's just sort of volleying kids into the sea <laughs> and just yeah. whacking like, kids yeah. with a stick. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. You know, there's always talks about the uh, uh, the, the remake. They made a remake uh, in uh, in Brazil that was yeah. pretty mm-hmm. bad, and I have I and but uh, they're always making about making a whole over remake or, or a Spanish uh, remake now, and they say that the well. I've heard that the, there's a very important Spanish horror director who has the rights. So oh. that's why, yeah, they're in talks with him to do it. To do it. Yeah. 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 I would be interested, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I've seen the um, uh, the, the remake from 2012, Come Out and Play, which is just, you know, it's yeah, like, why did they bother? It's rubbish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it always feels, I mean, yes, it, you know, it would be great to, to, to get an update, I guess, but I think it's just still so relevant. It's almost like, yeah. you know, is there any need really to remake that film? So I could just show I the original. I don't think you can improve it. No, <laughs> precisely. Can, yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, there's something you could do differently now from a, now a day, uh, you see it from today's perspective, but but why do it? I mean, it's already... Exactly. Done. Yeah, exactly. I think as well, it's it's like um, like a lot of films. If you were going to remake them, and I understand now why directors are setting films in the past because so much of the modern world makes it impossible to to build mm-hmm. that horror. And like you know, they're on island. There's no phones. There's like one central place where. You know, it's not like they've got a mobile phone and they can just ring for help. You know, the traps. Whereas yeah. if you, if you set it now, was well, so that. I mean, they'd have to do. They'd have to drop the phone in sea, or it'd have. You know, it'd be some clunky. Well, yeah. I can tell you that, that in Madrid, for example, in La Vera, where I shot TV, there's no connection. There's no. Inter- you can not use your phones if you are outside of the, of the town. You just can't because there's no. Just <laughs> yeah. So I guess in Spain, people will buy like okay. Of- you don't have the uh, mobile phones there because it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's what's so interesting about them settings as well, isn't it? Particularly in Piggy, I thought that isolation. I mean, I grew not as not quite as rural, but I grew up in quite a rural place, and so you know, idea of that small town isolation. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's still very um, very relevant. But yeah, like you said, there are places still where you would be stuck. With the murderous children, yeah. <laughs> you would be trapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, 
I think in terms of, I know you've said this were a big influence and I can see actually now I've seen it, um, even down to like the the sinister little shadows and the passing by windows all the time and they're always there, aren't they? They're just, there's always one lurking just right corner mm-hmm. and it's so menacing because every time you turn around, there's like a child's face. <laughs> so yeah. <weird. laughs> It's really frightening. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that it doesn't waste much time as well on, you know, giving a really convoluted explanation as to, you know, what's affecting the children. Why did yeah. they become like this? I mean, there is this moment where that little girl, you know, um, uh, looks in the eyes of the other one and you're kind of like, that's it. She's, you know, infected or whatever. But there isn't, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I really like the fact that it's, it's not like it's not giving you any, you know, any, any real explanation because... You know, it's like the context is, you know, is uh, it should be enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the like the, like the bad thing about the, if they did a sequel, uh, not a remake, but a sequel, the, probably the sequel who will have to explain something and they will go, oh, that terribly bad <laughs> because yeah. when you start explaining this one things get <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like who cares that's not the point really of the film um it's really interesting actually thinking of you know the social cultural context I mean, because around that time around the time they they came out i mean around the world there were you know the, the film with that theme of you know evil children <laughs> you know think the, the omen the exorcist mm. you know i mean yeah. not necessarily you know you know a, a, you know group of children you know being affected um although obviously there's lots of books that that they explore this but it's you know it feels like it's very it was very popular at that time being mm. like you know what's what's happening to the children who's thinking of the children you know that, yeah. that, just to, you know just before that satanic panic you know mm. it's like it's um really a really interesting thing to uh, yeah and also there was this discussion about the abortion at, at that time you know mm-hmm, especially true. here in spain and you could say this movie could go both ways i mean pro and anti you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on who and who who's reading the movie basically who's watching the movie and say come on Take the key Take what you want. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I did say after I'd finished watching it that I didn't anticipate yesterday that I would see a woman murdered by her own unborn baby. And, and I mean, there we go. I, th- I honestly think that is one of the best, best, that makes me sound a bit weird, um, but one of the best scenes that I've seen in a long time in a in a horror. It It's so... Um, just powerful i thought really powerful and really um just unique in its way as well and this the idea of and and the fact that he's still not listening to his wife i thought you are the worst <laughs> you are the worst and after that he doesn't have any problem killing a thousand kids <laughs> yeah he'll blow them all away then he's not bothered the shot of it as well because these the, he sort of shoots just her face and the horror in her eyes when she's like he's killing me he's killing me and you're like no no yeah, you know but that fear that idea about the the sort of that prank i mean i think they could have maybe maybe done a bit more she could have had more of a a role in it because i think she's the one who well she's the one who really suffers i mean being murdered by a fetus that's yeah. <laughs> that's pretty bad but you know that that she's that maternal aspect is not really played up as much and i think that could have been yeah. really interesting to see a, more yeah. of her perspective um yeah. but yeah that you know when she realizes that the girl at the start's touched her stomach and she's obviously done oh, yeah. past this into the baby and then it's like you can't get it out <laughs> it's yeah. oh, and it's so it's so good i thought it was fantastic I mean, yeah, again, yeah. that makes me sound weird, but you know what I mean. I mean, good <laughs> <company>. <laughs> in the context of the film. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's well, so well thought of the whole the whole movie, and also the idea of so some things that are committed, but at the same time are creepy, like all the the, the chickens. Yeah, <laughs> <chickens>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just burnt I mean, black. <laughs> yeah, something bad has happened in the left them. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the first clue, right? I'm one of the first clues. But that's yeah. that's the thing. It's very um, that's what's so sinister about it. I think is there. It's like people have vanished. It's like Marie mm-hmm. Celeste. You know, like yeah. teacups are still on table and chickens are still turning, but they're just burnt. So you know that something's happened, but there's no real obvious sign of violence yeah. until you see yeah. little flashes like the woman in the supermarket. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and th- But you yeah. never... Th- where are the bodies? <laughs> that is what I yeah. kept thinking. Yeah. Where are the bodies? Yeah, well, well, remember, remember that uh, one of the bodies arrives at the beginning of the movie? And they say, oh, someone yeah. must have drowned. Yeah, that woman, yeah, <laughs> she floats up, doesn't but you she? Say, but you say, oh, something happened to her. Someone has killed her badly. Yeah. And then you see the flower. Oh, it is flower. It from the from the island because everything that, that falls from there ends up in the beaches. Yeah. So it, you can uh, get little yeah. hints. It's, that. I do think that the way that he draws them threads together... Is is really expert like that? The woman mm-hmm. floats up, and then she picks that flower up, and then it's like, oh yeah, you know, it's just bits from Ireland washes up on mainland, and that's yeah. you know, and then the pinata scene, you see that, and yeah. then it calls it yeah. back, and the way that the pulling on, you know, pulling these yeah. threads together, it is really masterfully done, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then obviously we have to live with the fear that now these murderous children have got guns and a boat. and we know there are a lot of kids exactly (laughs) when he says that when he's like well we're just gonna go we're everywhere we're all there's loads of us and you think oh my god like what would happen (laughs) but yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and and that i you know that manipulation like when that girl comes in and she's crying and she's like papa papa and he goes weird and then you hear him screaming and and you're like no he's like please it's my daughter what can i do yeah Yeah. Yeah, and that's it. What can you do? I think what you know, that's the real um tension at the heart of it, isn't it? Is like these it's these people's children that have turned on them. So what what can you do? You know, but but even at the end when um when Tom comes out and they're all standing there, there's this moment and he looks at them all with such like sad tenderness. And he like, and they're all looking at him. And then obviously he cocks machine gun and he blows him away. But <laughs> just, just before that, for a split second, there. yeah, there's this moment yeah. you can see it in his face. I mean, I do think that you know the acting in it is, you know, the way so much of it is just looking at their expression, um, and it's it's done really well. I thought anyway. Yeah. And imagine having to direct all those kids. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah How did he keep yeah. them all in? Well, obviously threats. <laughs> Who can kill a child? Me. I but I suppose finding uh, parents who'd let the children but, but then I suppose like you've said clearly it's not really explicitly violent there's not a lot where yeah. the children are actually being violent it's more then maybe they wouldn't have known until the film came out right yeah <laughs> they've edited like, it oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I also met the. There were other times, and there were not really any laws <laughs> protecting kids yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> you can exploit a child. Yeah, exactly. So they, they could do anything. And also at the same time, uh, I uh, I met the the son of the of the director, 
um, and he told me that uh, one of the kids is his cousin. <laughs> so he actually, I guess all the bad things for the cousin, I will do this. You know, yeah, you show her teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do it. I'll do it. Yeah, because, Brilliant. I mean, they do get around that really well, I think, particularly in that scene when he does shoot the little boy, like you see the boy and then he shoots and then the, you, you don't see him like, you mm-hmm. know, blowing all through a four-year-old, which is, <laughs> is probably for the best. <laughs> And you actually think that the kid's gonna shoot the wife. That's what you think is gonna happen. Yeah, that mm-hmm. he's just gonna blow her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, it's everything is done with a lot of intelligence. Yeah, and all intelligence and, and a lot of mean spirit. Yeah, <laughs> which is what you want in a horror. Although I do, yeah. have, I do have to say that I think the biggest horror in that film is the the shopping list that that man brings back. So he's got sardines, hot dogs, tinned fruit, and bread. I mean, what what meal? What meal do you make out of that? Is it not bad enough? You're trapped on an island and kids are murdering you, and you're trying to eat sardines and hot dogs together. Just horrendous. And yeah, he's so he's proud. Him. He's like, I've got us provisions, and you think exactly. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're you're in Spain, and you think you're gonna have a uh, great food, and you have sardines, yeah. <laughs> and, and a really, really blackened chicken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lovely island. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, yeah, and, 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 uh, you know, later uh, these uh, holidays, I saw um, the White Lotus, the and I saw the second mm-hmm. season, I, and the beginning of the second season, I thought, ah, who can kill a child yeah. with a body arriving at the beach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. It, I, I do think that I'm really glad you picked it because I'd not seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think everything that you know you you've mentioned about how it's directed and how it's shot and and the the way that the story moves along is so good. And I even I like the language barrier to it as well. That mm-hmm. like the wife yeah. don't really know what's going on. Um, yeah. And and to be fair, neither did I for most of it. Because no, I found she's it on an international <laughs> audience, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I found it on YouTube, and uh, closed oh. captions didn't work. So at the end, because okay. I, I was like running up to TV with my Google Translate, like what? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I don't know if, if there's an international. I have it on DVD. I'm on, I don't know if there's an international release with mm. subtitles. I'm not sure. Really, but there should be. There should yeah, be. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They released it. Um, yeah. Arrow, Arrow released uh, the house that screen, the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, this, we of course, yeah, this is like we try, and then in the end, it works so well because mm. now I think they will uh, maybe police Spanish policemen will know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, but at that time, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, that was so chilling. Some- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, just the way that the, so obviously they've shot him and he's in C and then they turn around and they've just all got the guns. They're just like bye, mm-hmm. adios. Yeah. <laughs> just shooting yes. it. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much for picking it. I'm so glad I thank got to you. watch yeah, it. Yeah, definitely a great watch. Um, <laughs> but, glad you loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I'll be honest, uh, I'd watch anything you told me to watch ever. So, <laughs> um, But have you got any final thoughts you want to add about the film, Carlotta, before we move on? Not really. That If you have a, uh, if your, your interest is, uh, is uh, packed, maybe you should watch another movie, a Spanish movie that is called Arrebato, that has been released, I think, by, uh, I don't remember what's the name of the, oh, I can't remember the name of this. DVD company that is fantastic. 
I cannot remember. It's an American company. Oh, I can't remember. I have such bad memory. But Arrebato by Ivan Zulueta. Arrebato with a double R. And it's a very uh, creepy vampire story slash addiction before before Adel Ferrara tried to do it. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll have a look yeah. at that. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Well, we, we always have a, a recommendation section. So you've just given us one excellent recommendation there. Have you got any others for people who liked Who Can Kill a Child and would like further watching? Uh, they can watch also Tras el Cristal, de Vigalonda. Uh, and uh, Tras el Cristal, I don't know the international title. And uh, this is another Spanish, great Spanish movie. And you haven't seen Rec by, uh, by uh, uh, Paco Plaza, you should watch it. Have you seen Rec? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I'm yeah. Definitely yeah. Out. yeah. It's so much fun. I still, uh, it's still, I think it's one of, it, I love the whole um, saga, but my, my first, my favorite one is the number one, of course, and also uh, number three, which is more of a comedy than anything. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah. I, I really loved it. I thought it was really, really uh, scary as well. You know, quite really. I mean, the idea is scary, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic! And, and then what? That for, that uh, Rick is the first um, fan footage done in Spain. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's such a good idea. Such an interesting premise. Yeah. I think they did yeah. a remake of that, didn't they? I think that they did. A, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's called Quarantine. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'll mm-hmm. I'll not watch it. I'm not bothered. I'd I rather watch the original. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have you? So, what about you, Clelia? Do you have any recommendations? I've got a couple, yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to be a massive suck up here, um, Carlotas, but obviously if, if people haven't seen Piggy yet, then, you know, what have they been doing with their life? So, uh, <laughs> so definitely I'll be the one. Um, the House That Screamed, the first film from the from the director we've been talking about. Um, a film from 1970 called And Soon the Darkness, which is a UK mm-hmm. film, I think, about a couple of English girls stranded uh, on the European continent, uh, not just in trouble with the lurking killer, but also, you know, the idea of, um, you know, we've talked about the idea of being, um, you know, li- linguistically struggling to communicate with the locals. Um, so this one is, is a really good one. Um, in terms of the ending of who, ki- um, who Can Kill a Child, I thought of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's <laughs> yeah. difficult to say why without spoiling the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the film. Um, uh, and yeah, and uh, yeah, so, so those were my, my recommendations. The one that I can yeah, talk it, about. It's a, it's a clear reference, and I don't even know. Absolutely. Definitely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've got Don't Look Now, not only because Tom looks like a, a rip-off Donald Sutherland. But I think that idea of, you know, a couple abroad uh, and, and, you know, that it's... And it's a fantastic film that that is also shocking in ways much like um, Who Can Kill a Child, I think. Uh, Children of the Corn, I've got... I do love Children of the Corn. I think it's an excellent example of American folk horror. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's a shame that every time people talk about Children of the Corn, no one mentions Who Can Kill a Child. It's yeah, really exactly. strange. To me, they're right. such a natural yeah. pair. Uh, and then yeah. I had uh, Alice Sweet Alice. Uh, murderous mm-hmm. children abound and creepy doll masks if that's your bag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had The Brood which uh, still I've only watched it once because it freaked me out that bad I've never been able to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> the horrible yeah. horrible children <laughs> yeah about the horrible children would be also the, the village of the damned the village of, of the damned yeah mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I did uh, I did see that as well and I was thinking about the, chil- um, the village of the damned 
So, yes, so we've got a lot of films about murderous kids. And obviously you mentioned <laughs> clearly there's The Omen um, yeah. and The Exorcist as well. So, yeah, there's loads of options. A whole slew of them, exactly. <laughs> that's your bag. That's your subgenre, then. That's plenty to watch. <laughs> yeah. I think a big reference, uh, reference for this movie was The Lord of the Flies as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had yeah. Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. I was thinking when I was watching it, you could see that real, um, yeah, that idea that children are quite inherently bloodthirsty. And it's only mm-hmm. society's rules that sort of keep them in check because there's that lack of empathy as well, isn't there, for children? They're still developing it. So it might be easy to murder people when you're a child. I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> Lord of the Flies. Um, so yeah, there's loads of options. If people like murderous children, I mean, there's loads of films. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Carlotta, for coming on. Uh, we so appreciate it. Thank you, it's been it. lovely. Thank you, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got anything coming up that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Yeah, well, we have the chapel, which is uh, uh, it's actually a movie that uh, I got. Uh, it's a movie that uh, I didn't, it's not my original idea, but uh, I did uh, after Piggy, but it's actually was going to be my first feature because it was a production company that came to me before I had done Piggy because they had uh, read, also seen the short films. And there's a chapel, I don't know, we don't have yet an international uh, and a UK release. And I'm also working on two other things that I can talk about, but uh, they're all within uh, the gender spectrum, as people like to say. Oh. <laughs> very mysterious and exciting. Very mysterious, very exciting. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Can't wait to see. Um, and where can people find you to follow your work? Are you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram, and I, I'm. I, they say I'm on Twitter, but I don't really am because this is just a place uh, is, full of hate. Is, there, yeah. is anyone because on it's Twitter a hellscape, Exactly. You know, does anyone use Twitter? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm on Instagram, and I, but I think there's some of, some of my shorts are online. Piggy, my short film is on Alter, which is a YouTube channel for horror. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the short film is there. And I think, uh, well, uh, Vertigo released Piggy uh, in the UK and it's been with, with a different uh, online platforms in the United States and uh, and in Japan and everywhere in the world. It's been also released uh, in DVDs in, the, in Germany and other places. And um, the, the blogs, I think uh, it's online, but without subtitles. <laughs> and... <laughs> And on February, it's going to be a new release for another short that I did after Piggy uh, that is called There Will Be Monsters. And it's going to be an altar as well. Oh, so, brilliant. Amazing. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. Looking forward to watching all this. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely would recommend everyone to check out these brilliant shorts uh, and keep an eye out. Hopefully we get a, a release of the chapel. Come on, chop, chop, UK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get that. Um, and yeah, and you're on Instagram. Uh, and yeah fantastic well thank you so much for coming thank Thank you you have a great year (laughs) yeah you too (laughs) thanks for listening to monstrous flesh please join us next time for more discussion about women in horror you can find out more about us via our website monstrousflesh.co.uk where you can find out more about our research for each episode buy our wonderful merch and see our upcoming events We'd love to hear from you, either via our email or social media channels. Also, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and help us spread our spooky word by telling your friends about monstrous flesh. Until next time, creep it weird, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>